0: The Guardian. Hello, I'm Vicky Frost and this is Guardian Australia's podcast from the Brisbane Festival. Today, we're going to take a wander down to the basement, which is a venue that's been created at Metro Arts, literally, out of their old storeroom. We've already taken a look at one of their shows, a Western, in a film by Christian Bennett that you can find on God in Australia. And later in the podcast, we'll be finding out more about the dance phenomenon, No Lights, No Lycra, that'll be at the venue later this week. I'll also be talking to Ben Mitzer and Andrew P Street about their latest festival reviews. But first, I'm joined by Leah Shelton, one of the Brisbane Festival producers who's been programming a collection of basement late nights and mixtapes.
1: Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> so the
0: basement at Metro Arts, is a new venue for this year's festival and not long ago was just actually a basement.
1: That's right. It was very much kind of this little room with some not very nice looking carpet and kind of dodgy walls. Metro Arts refurbished it at the beginning of the year to become like a gallery space. So we had a blank canvas which was wooden floors, brick walls and grey walls and then we have kind of totally re- configured that space and transformed it into this little magical wonder world. There's a pianola down there, a whole lot of growing things, plants. The walls are covered in um, sheets from old novels and music scores. So it's kind of like this magical place where there's lots of things to discover. And um, invitations for people who are down there to engage. So there's these wooden dice that you can toss and it will give you a, a provocation. So play the pianola or start a conversation with a stranger or tell a story or have a drink. So that's the idea is we're really hoping that people come down there and just kind of play and relax and then also be kind of transformed by the performance that's in there every week, which is the Western.
0: Yes, which I'm going to see tonight. Very much looking forward to. And we've got a great video of those guys uh, on God in Australia. I also think, though, that those kind of late night hubs are so important to a festival,
1: aren't they? Was that sort of part of your motivation in creating it? We've actually got a few different hubs this year. So as well as the Spiegel tent, there's a new area over it around the QT precinct called the QT Theatre Republic, which is, again, another hangout. And then here at the basement, it's quite intimate and it's quite cosy and quite, quite cool and niche feeling. So I think it's definitely a place where we want people to stay, hang around, have a conversation. And that's part of the reason for programming or a whole lot of late night stuff. And we've noticed
0: sort of that there are lots of smaller independent venues kind of just everywhere, anywhere
1: around Mm -hmm. Brisbane. So is that like a real vibe in the city at the moment? Well, I think there's a really amazing independent art scene here in Brisbane. There's so many great artists doing so much interesting stuff, which is why we thought we really need to capitalise on this. So we've got some late-night poetry events where we've got spoken word performance poets who are also curating a night where there's some music happening. We've got different artists curating what we're calling kind of like an art party. So the beginning of the festival, we had Blue Light Frisco where they transformed the whole space into a 90s blue light disco and there was sex education talking with cucumbers and all kinds of things and so we've got from that end of the spectrum to kind of a beautiful evening called Intimate Encounters which was curated by some of our um featuring some of our great contemporary dance artists so it was very much like one-on-one performance pieces that you could experience with um different dance artists who who presented works in various spots around the basement.
0: And tell us a bit about programming. So it's a mix of local and international in there, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so the performance artists who present a Western are from Bristol in the UK. They're a maverick performance art duo called Action Hero. And then most of the late-night programming is primarily local indie grassroots work, which is, I think we thought it was really important to have a space where we kind of feature and highlight that work because there's so much cool stuff happening.
0: It feels like a a real venue for the city uh, in terms of it's got quite a lot of local programming in it. It's a lovely place to go and have a drink in your city. Was that kind of in your mind when you were programming?
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, the program of work that I'm producing is about independent work. So it's kind of the best indie contemporary work from Australia internationally and locally and I really wanted to make sure there was a space for our local indie artists to kind of to be profiled in the same way that you know as many of our international visitors were so that was really key in my mind and I think creating this little pop-up bar that's really cool and unique and is a space where where people kind of feel like they can come and hang out and chat was at the forefront of my mind in in creating it.
0: Well, we really look forward to popping down there, which I think we're going to do very soon. And thank you very much for joining us.
1: Thanks very much. (laughs) See you soon.
0: (laughs) I'm Vicky Frost, and you're listening to another Guardian Australia podcast. This week we're bringing you our coverage of the Brisbane Festival. There were lots of interesting events programmed at the basement and early this week we posted some video of the hilarious UK group Action Hero and their performance of a Western. There's also an upcoming No Lights, No Light Red dance party, poetry evenings and a radio play. So we thought we'd head to the venue to meet some of the artists.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to basement late nights as a part of... What,
3: what I'm doing right now is I'm setting up my MPC and my Chaos pad and we're getting James's keyboard going. We've got the mics going. We've got a crowd kind of building in here. And I'm also writing a list of all the people that I've paid so far. <laughs> so so I know where all the, all the money and stuff's gone. Ah, it's crazy. And I'm also joyfully talking to, what's your name?
4: Hi, my name's Sarah. I am the director of the Queensland Poetry Festival. So this is the first year that Queensland Poetry Festival and Brisbane Festival have worked together. So the idea was for Queensland Poetry Festival to bring something different into Brisbane Festival, so poetry and the, um, the poetry crowd as well as the, po- the artistic form. We decided that the Basement Bar was a really great opportunity for that.
3: Um, I was looking at the run sheet today and I realised we have, uh, not including me, 13 amazing poets, performers, artists
4: writers So for the basement bar we've got um, three different evenings across three weeks and I've asked um, a different poet to curate each evening and I've chosen the different poets based on their kind of differences. So Ghostboy and D- David who was last week is much more performative, kind of almost a burlesque type poet. Um, This evening we've got Scott who, he's a slam poet who mixes it up with hip hop, Um, so joining him on stage tonight will be some spoken word artists as well as some hip hop artists. And next week is Eleanor Jackson who's also a slam poet but in a very different style to Scott. She is a very thoughtful poet, Um, so she's curated an evening that's around gender and masculinity. There are a lot of different styles of poetry and probably the one that most people engage with or think they know about is what you learn in school. So just reading boring, you know, bush poetry off a page. Not that bush poetry is boring, mind you. But um, And the other most popular form of poetry today would probably be slam poetry, um, which is dynamic, fast, usually quite competitive or slams are competitive. But between those two extremes, there's a huge... Broad dynamic so every page poet that being a poet whose form is mostly written they all perform their poetry some choose to kind of do it quite quietly and meditatively Um, others are much more dynamic but I think that the way it translates to the stage especially these days is that it's about poets engaging with their work in a, in a really different format to how you'd read it. So a lot of poets will actually change their work and practise it and work with it as a live thing as opposed to just a thing that's meant to be read. One of the great things about the Brisbane um, poetry scene is that there isn't a big divide between the page and the stage poets. You find in um, a lot of places that the page poets stick to their own and the stage poets do their own thing, whereas here it, there's a lot more crossover. And I know at the Queensland Poetry Festival we defi- definitely try and you know create that crossover. So I've got
2: my water bottle, my dancing shoes. though no, they'll be coming up. And other than that, that's all I need to do with No Lights, No lacra. My name is Sam Seljack and I am one of the coordinators of the Brisbane chapter of No Lights, No Lacra. No Lights, No Lacra is a concept that was born in Melbourne. Two unruly dance students came up with the idea of just letting loose in a dark room to really rad music. And that's basically it. And since the concept has spread worldwide, there are about, I think, 40 chapters around the world. Well, I think the concept really comes down to the idea of rejecting that the only time you can really let loose and dance is on a Saturday night at a club and... It's really about providing a really kind of safe environment for anyone of any age. We've had seven-year-olds come to our No Lights and almost 70-year-olds. So it really is about a community coming together and just doing something that's outside the norm. And basically, we just provide people with a pretty much pitch black room. A really rad playlist that goes for about an hour and somewhere that they can fully let loose and kind of indulge in free movement for yeah about an hour on a weeknight well there's always a lot of shimmying and you know people really like to get down if it's r&b we have a lot of um kind of 50s 60s stuff so there's a lot of twisting and shaking and it is a really funny environment because um, your eyes do end up adjusting and you can pretty much see what people are doing. You just can't see faces. So it does involve a lot of flying limbs and a really high heart rate. So <laughs> I know a few of our regulars have some pretty rad moves down pat. It's just such a simple concept. I um, hit the D floor on a Saturday night the same as I do at No Lights like <laughs> or in the pit fly <laughs>
0: For more information about what you can catch at the basement, make sure you head to Guardian Australia, where of course you can also catch our live blog with all the latest reviews, interviews and coverage of the festival. You're listening to Guardian Australia's podcast from the Brisbane Festival, and now it's time to catch up with Andrew P. Street and Ben Neutzer, who've been out seeing shows for us. Ben, you first, what have you been seeing?
5: Um, Last night I saw Leo. It was absolutely fantastic. And I mean, one of the great things about it is it's a real family show. And for somebody who goes to a lot of opening nights, I usually see those family shows with not too many children. So you don't really get much of a sense of how they work in that situation. But they're a packed, packed house full of kids. And it was fantastic.
0: Tell us a bit about what it is. It's an interesting uh, concept, isn't it? it? It looks fun. In fact, if you want to see it with your own eyes, everybody, you can just go to Guardian Australia, where you'll find a film of it. Ben, paint us a picture of what it looks like on stage. It's interesting, isn't it? You've kind of got a set with him at one angle, and then a screen next to it where you're watching him at another angle. So he's standing up and lying down at the same time.
5: I mean, that's the most interesting thing about it because a lot of people have done this in the past. You know, you tip the camera on its side and it messes with your perspective of gravity, but to watch what's actually happening on stage in the room next to what's happening on the projection, um, it's quite interesting. The show actually starts out where everything in the projected version is quite normal, but if you watch what he's actually doing on the stage, he's horizontal pretty much the entire time. He basically starts to discover that things in this room aren't quite what they seem, and he's able to bend the laws of gravity and goes from there and to some pretty spectacular places.
0: Um, so you say it's a family show, and there were lots of kids there, but there's lots for grown-ups to enjoy, and it's not programmed sort of in that 12 noon on a Sunday slot, is it? It's, you know, in a 7 o'clock slot, grown-ups will enjoy it as well. Interesting in that way.
5: The thing which makes it so special is that it's this very, very simple idea, and from that idea they take you to really interesting places. There's a very clear narrative, and it's... Very easily enjoyed by most audiences, I would say.
0: Uh, it's on until the 22nd, so if you'd like to take your kids, you still have time. Andrew P Street, would you be taking your kids to Calexico? I think that's where you went last night.
3: I did go to Calexico. If I had kids, I would definitely be taking them to Calexico because they would have danced, which was more than it was possible for a lot of people to do because it was yet another seated show at the Spiegel Tent. The, the early... The early seated show thing is really troubling me because all of the shows I'm I, seeing there are, are, are great shows to dance through and you can't really do it when there's rows of chairs.
0: Yeah, you seem to be on like a one-man campaign basically to get rid of all the chairs in the Spiegel tents. <laughs> Beyond the chairs, how was the gig?
3: The gig was fantastic. They, they were playing as a seven-piece, they had brass, there was a lot of instrument swapping. The gigs seem to go for about 15 minutes though, which is generally the mark of a great gig when sort of they suddenly walk off stage and you're looking at your watch and going, where the hell has the time gone?
0: And tell us about the following 15 minutes, Andrew, because they weren't quite so marvellous, were they?
3: Well, there are all these rumours about a special guest appearing and it turned out to be Bernard Fanning, which makes sense. He's a, he's a local boy, he's worked with De Pedro, who's their guitarist and it could have been great but the second he came on stage just the energy got sucked out of the room i i get the impression from what a few people had said that you know bernard fanning turning up for a guest spot is uh, a not uncommon occurrence at uh brisbane gigs and uh and they did a, a fairly nondescript song from de pedro's solo record and it just I don't know, after the jubilation of the entire set there was so much light and shade and the upbeat moments were so very very upbeat lots of mexican rhythms lots of brass and then suddenly there's this kind of fairly dull chugging little piece of soft rock and I don't know it just it it didn't work for the for the night and and then to sort of leave after that seemed weirdly unsatisfying
0: that yeah that's a problem isn't it if you walk out thinking oh When you've sort of been so fabulously into it earlier, that is a problem. Do we know if he's playing um, a support he's doing that every night, or was it just a one off? Were you specially lucky, Andrew?
3: I think I was specially lucky. I think it's just, it it was just the one off. I don't know that he'll be doing it for the second night. And hopefully he won't be doing that for the rest of the tour because that would just be lousy.
0: Um, Thank you very much. It sounds like you both had good nights, even if Bernard Fanning did try and spoil yours. Andrew, don't take it personally. And uh, we will see you back for more reviews on tomorrow's podcast.
5: Looking forward to it. Can't wait.
0: Join us tomorrow for our final podcast. We will once again be on the move. And this time we'll be coming to you from Goma down on the Riverside. But do head online for more coverage of the festival. You'll find information on everything mentioned in the podcast and more at Guardian Australia in our daily live blogs, features and reviews. The Guardian.